All right, a few things to uh, sort of get caught up on here as we still are seeing 2020's two results come in and so many other different things. Want to get a couple of catch ups uh, uh, going here. We have made it abundantly clear how much is at stake, how much was at stake in 2022, and how it relates to so much being at stake in 2024. Just to, I, I feel like I'm quoting Rachel Matter here, to give you some of the contours and texture of really what may happen in 2024, depending on the path forward. There is a stunning new article in Rolling Stone from Ryan Bort and Azawin Subsang about Donald Trump looking for ways to imprison journalists, jail reporters, if he is indeed able to retake the White House. Trump keeps musing about journalists being raped in prison, and he's not joking. They write a knowledgeable source tells Rolling Stone that the former president has wondered how he might be able to jail reporters if he takes the White House, which, of course, is absolutely and completely chilling. You might remember, in fact, I think we even have a clip here, Donald Trump telling these sorts of stories about prison rape during his rally. The leaking from the Supreme Court, first time it's ever happened, is just unbelievable. But you get the information very easily. You tell the reporter, who is it? And the reporter will either tell you or not. And if the reporter doesn't want to tell you, it's bye bye. The reporter goes to jail. And when the reporter learns that he's going to be married in two days to a certain prisoner that's extremely strong, tough and mean, he will say, you know, he or she, you know, I think I'm going to give you the information. Here's the leaker. Get me the hell out of here. Yeah. So that is a joke about prison rape, but it doesn't stop there. And this isn't merely idle. Uh, the article explains this year, as Trump has privately strategized about what a second term would look like, he's begun occasionally soliciting ideas from conservative allies for how the U.S. government and Justice Department could go about turning his desires for brutally imprisoning significant numbers of reporters into reality. Several months ago, the former president briefly asked a small gathering of allies and at least one of his lawyers what would have to be done to make that vision a norm. He said other countries do it. The implication being, why not here? Now, you know, as the article points out, Trump for a long time has sort of idolized or at least looked favorably upon the authoritarian states that do exactly that type of thing. North Korea, as the article says, does not tolerate free expression. China and Russia are well known for jailing journalists. Orban, the Trump endorsed autocrat of Hungary, has been targeting reporters, et cetera, et cetera. Trump has also been praising Xi in China for the so-called quick trials with a nearly 100 percent conviction of drug dealers in China, followed by the death penalty. This is why he's so taken with these sorts of folks. And I here's my desire. You know, we've done the exercise in 2016 where many of us said, this is not an academic or theoretical distinction. When you consider the Supreme Court, the attack on press liberties, all of these things, Hillary Clinton for four years and Donald Trump for four years could not have been more different. And all those people who said, let's shake it up. Let's just see what happens. If it's not Bernie, it's Trump, then that's fine. Or I don't see any real difference between Hillary and Trump and I'll stay home or all the people that were saying these things. We effed around and found out maybe would be the way to say it. And at this point, we need to believe the things Trump says. He would like to be able to imprison journalists when they say or write things he doesn't like. He's talking about it with allies and he's talking about it with lawyers. Let's not explore or find out what will happen. And that's why, as I said yesterday, this Trump DeSantis stuff. I could not care less about these individuals as people. My concern is how can they most damage themselves and their party such that none of them will win in 2024? And we will probably find that out relatively soon. A couple things I did not get to this week. Um, My pillow founder and CEO, Mike Lindell, was coping with the mounting losses on Tuesday by simply saying it's all stolen. It is all fraud. As it started to become clearer and clearer on Tuesday night, there's no red wave. There's like a delayed red ripple, maybe. And we're still waiting for some of the results. The Victory Channel brought him on. I have no idea what that is. They said, sir, Mike Pillow, please explain what's happening. 
And Mike Pillow said, listen, they're, they're stealing everything. That's what's going on. Mike, tell us what's going on. By the way, the idea of even asking Pillow what's going on is hilarious. They do. Here's what he says. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of what I expected. Um, they're stealing everything. Um, <laughs> just in Herschel Walker's race alone, over 200,000 votes have been injected into his opponent. They've been injected like bleach, folks. These are obvious... How many times, you know, it, how many times can they repeat the same stuff and people will fall for it? Injection now of votes. To get to this runoff stage. Uh, they stole the governor's race in, uh, with Mastriano in Pennsylvania. We- no, Mastriano simply lost. We've seen an early injection of 90,000 votes by the computers um, <laughs> at Cary Lake. They're trying to steal her. So everything is stolen. Everything is stolen. This is really the epitome of brain worms, but it's also the epitome of if you have a hammer and all you have is a hammer and you believe the hammer is almost like a god, everything is a nail. And this is all they have left. The truth is not something they can accept. The truth is Trump hasn't been particularly good for the party. One in 2016. 2018 wasn't so good. 2020 wasn't good at all. And 2022 was much worse than expected. It's not fraud. It's not injections or sauteing or grilling or smoking or curing ballots. It's not salting and peppering of ballots. It's not it's not any of it. Trump is convincing these voters to select terrible candidates for the primaries. A lot of them are now losing. It's genuinely that simple. And they are throwing anything they can at the wall. And now what it is, is the epitome of if we won, it was rigged. If we lost, I'm sorry, (laughs) if we won, it was fair. If we lost, it was rigged, even on the same ballots. And that's one of the funny things. You know, a few people emailed me over the last couple of days about what I tweeted years ago now about how is it that they're saying on the same ballot, The presidential results were rigged, but the Senate and House results are trustworthy when Trump lost, but their House or Senate candidates won. And it's starting to be the exact same level of incoherence. Again, why anybody would go to Mike Pillow for analysis, I genuinely don't know. One more clip I want to look at with you today. Without making fun of anyone, one of the things we've been talking about this week and last in the context of the midterm elections when doing interviews like our correspondent Luke Beasley did at a Trump rally over the weekend, we have talked about we're not joking here. This is serious. We've talked about how difficult it can be to distinguish what is a cult member who has been brainwashed, what is an ignorant person and what is a mentally ill person. When someone says, I think JFK Jr. is alive and is the president right now. Is that something that you believe because you're part of a cult. Is that something you believe because you just don't realize the truth about JFK Jr. and when he was killed and how? Or is that something you say because you're mentally ill? Or is it all three in some combination? The epitome of this Venn diagram is a a tour called Reawaken America. Eric Trump, one of Donald Trump's children, has been a regular attendee at these events. This is a little clip from right before Tuesday's election where they are striking the ground with imaginary arrows to call upon God to win the midterm elections for them. How many believe we're going to have a victory on Tuesday? Yeah. So come on, let's give a victory shout. Let's strike the ground and let's give a victory shout on the count of three. Are you ready? Yeah. So here we go. Get your arrows out. Just go strike and strike and strike. 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 Come on. Keep going. Strike. Come on. Strike. Come on. Strike the ground. Strike. They've got the band and everything, huh? Strike. Come on. Come on. Strike. Strike. This is, this is, I'm cringing. I'm really cringing. Okay, where is this on our Venn diagram? Where is this on the Venn diagram of cult brainwashing, 
simple ignorance and mental illness? I think it's a very difficult question, and I think it's an interesting question. It's not about making fun of these people. Now, you know why it didn't work, right? You know why Oz lost and Fetterman won. I was striking with imaginary arrows against Oz, and it just canceled it out. I did it so correctly and accurately. I'm kidding, but that's why this is all so insane. I don't know the answer. I genuinely don't know the answer. I don't know whether we say this is a form of mental illness and delusion, whether these are just folks who have been brainwashed or whether they ignorantly believe that striking the ground with fake arrows affects election results. I do not know. But Michael Flynn and Eric Trump regularly participate in these events and the interplay, the blending between sort of elected officials, although Eric Trump isn't an elected official, but political individuals and these types of extreme religious events, there is no fine line between them anymore. They are together. The American right wing political establishment and the extreme, I I think these are evangelical folks, evangelical right wing establishment have blended into one. And that's where we are. It's really scary stuff. Let me know what you make of it. I used to say, find me on Twitter. Twitter is increasingly unusable because of what's going on. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you're following on Twitch. Make sure you've liked us on Facebook. I want to hear from you. Where is this on that spectrum or, or circle or triangle of ignorance, cult brainwashing and mental illness? Let me know what you think. I love cooking at home. I cook all the time. Having a good set of knives that you actually like to use is really important. For years, I have been a fan of the advantages that Japanese knives offer. And our sponsor, Kamikoto, makes amazing Japanese steel kitchen knives using the traditional techniques that date back to the Edo period of Japan. Kamikoto only uses steel from Japan. Each blade takes years to craft and goes through a rigorous 19 step inspection process with a lifetime guarantee. The knives come in a beautiful heavy duty ash wood box, makes it a really great gift, easy to store as well. On the Kamikoto website, you can see a map of the Michelin star chefs all over the world using Kamikoto knives. My Kamikoto knives at home have been performing great for years. You really just can't beat the feel of a nice Japanese knife perfectly balanced in your hand. And Kamikoto is now running a big Black Friday sale. My audience gets an extra $50 off. Go to Kamikoto.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for an extra $50 off. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. If you have a friend or loved one who is passionate about the environment, here is a perfect holiday gift. Our sponsor, Established Titles, is a project that lets you ceremonially purchase as little as one square foot of dedicated land in Edelston, Scotland, so that you can call yourself a lord or a lady like the historic Scottish tradition. Some people even change their plane tickets or credit cards to include lord or lady. Your title pack comes with an official certificate. You can see exactly where your plot of land is located. It makes a perfect last minute gift. But most importantly, established titles plants one free tree for every plot of land sold. Established titles does really good work all over the world with reforestation organizations like One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future. So you'll have a great laugh whether you're Scottish or not. I'm not. But you're giving the gift of reforestation to fight climate change. If you use my link, you'll get 10 percent off and your plot of land will be right next to mine. 
You can see it on a map. Go to establishedtitles.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for an extra 10% off on top of their Black Friday deal. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman Show is a viewer and listener supported program. We depend on your support, and it is with your support that I believe we are going to grow the progressive media ecosystem at such a critical time for American politics. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now. Yes, indeed, 24 starts now. Let's chat with folks from the audience. We are going to take some calls at davidpackman.com slash discord. That's how we always take calls. And I want to start today with Jack from Atlanta. Jack, welcome to the program. Hey there, David. I uh, appreciate you having me on. So uh, I want to get straight to the point. Please. Given the GOP's disappointing uh, performance across the country in many areas, well, they still did pretty good in Florida. I'm going to ask the one question on everyone's mind. Will Ron DeSantis be the GOP 2024 nominee? I have no idea personally. I, I think, you know, we we first don't even know whether he's running, but there is definitely a shifting sense that DeSantis is increasingly the leader of the Republican Party. And there's sort of two data points for that. Number one, Trump's picks the contra, you know, the contested ones. It's easy to pick 50 incumbents and get almost all of them right. But Trump's controversial picks, the contested picks, Oz lost, Mastriano lost, uh, Herschel Walker was still counting ballots, almost certainly going to a runoff. Blake Masters losing, Carrie Lake counting, okay, et cetera. He doesn't make a big deal out of endorsing DeSantis on the day before the election. He goes, yeah, yeah, reelect DeSantis. And then it's DeSantis who overperforms by seven points and wins by 19. So there is clearly a shifting wind. We're hearing from some Republican insiders that they say this is the opportunity to dump Trump and the betting markets have now shifted such that Ron DeSantis is favored in the betting markets to be the Republican nominee. So without injecting my personal opinion, just going into the facts, it does seem as though if both DeSantis and Trump run, it's not a given that this nomination goes to Trump and this could make it a very crazy two years. Oh, I agree. It's going to be uh, one heck of a ride. So thank you very much, David. My pleasure. Jack from from Atlanta. Great to hear from you. Just a reminder, if you want to get on with me today, your nickname in the waiting lobby should be your name and where you are calling from. Um, nicknames and this sort of thing uh, will will not get you on just so everybody knows. Let's go next to Evan from Las Vegas, Nevada. Evan, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hi, David. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, I was wondering your opinion about when we heard Josh Shapiro's speech, I think it was last week, which was a great speech. Yeah. I thought he made a great point about uh, like how Republicans have kind of become, even though they claim to be this freedom party, they're really the anti-freedom party. They're against abortion. They're against, uh, you know, teaching theories that they might agree with. They're against parents deciding with their kids what they want to do with a doctor Etc. Do you expect Democrats to kind of use that talking point more? Because I, I personally think it's a great talking point. I I think absolutely the case. It, it, it I think it absolutely is the case that it should be used. Listen, they love talking about freedom, and yet they want to take freedom away from you in schools, in your bedroom, at your doctor's office, and on and on and on. And I think it I think it makes absolutely perfect sense. It breach it it sort of um straddles economic and social issues. They want to take away your freedom to organize a union if that's what you want to do. You know, all these things, I think, uh, you know, your freedom to uh, uh, shop around for prescription drugs or insurance or whatever the case may be. I think it's an excellent talking point. I'm not really like a focus group guy, so I think the experts need to do some brainstorming and, and sort of figuring out the exact right way to do it. But I think absolutely 100 percent. Great. Yeah, no, I've used it just interpersonally with friends that maybe not aren't like crazy Trumpists, but I have some friends who are like, you know, kind of in the middle. Yeah. And it, it seems to click. I mean, they're, they're at least they don't have a good argument against it, you know? Absolutely. Because it's the truth. That's the reality. You the the arguments work way. You know, Republicans have made a pretty good headway with arguments that are lies. 
But arguments that are the truth, I think, work even better. Exactly. Okay, thanks, David. All right, thank you, my friend. Very much appreciate hearing from you. Let's go next to Sammy from New York City. People really shot out of a cannon. Uh, Great to hear people getting right into their questions. Sammy, welcome. Hey, David. I hope you can hear me. I can hear you beautifully. Oh, good. Um, So, yeah, um, sounds like things did better um, last night than we kind of expected. And I listened to your uh, live stream. It was awesome, as usual. My question is, and I just tuned in, so I hope um, someone else didn't ask this, but my thought is, um, Trump's going to, uh, uh, announce something on, uh, November 15th, but I feel like he's going to wait. He wanted to wait and not announce right away, uh, because, um, he felt like, um, let's just see like how all of these elections turn out. And if it, things are all like in his favor, then he would announce, um, that he was going to run. And um, what do you think? Or is that? So I had that idea as well, but the thing is oh, you he, did? he's put on, He's put so much weight and made it so obvious he plans to announce on Tuesday that even yeah. though a bunch of the people he picked lost, I don't know that he can go back on his word at this point in time. You know, there, there's some Republicans who are saying Trump's time is over. What he should do on the 15th is say, I'm not running and en- endorse Ron DeSantis. That's what would be best for the Republican Party. Trump's a huge right. narcissist. And so it's very hard for me to imagine that he's going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, too. But the other thing is, like, when he when he would say things like, oh, I have like I'm going to you know, I have a better uh, insurance plan than Obamacare. Yeah. Um, and it's coming in two weeks. Like everything's like it's coming. It's coming. So I don't know. Yeah, I think but, he will announce. I don't think this is like the health care plan. And then it'll be interesting to see if and how the polling shifts. And if it's true that it's Trump's for the taking. Or if the yeah. betting markets are right, that DeSantis has a shot at this thing if he wants it. Yeah. The but problem for DeSantis, debate. just one other thing, uh-huh. Sammy. The problem for DeSantis is yeah. Trump can announce Tuesday, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. DeSantis mm-hmm. just got reelected governor. Right. He can't look good if he announces a run for the presidency any time in the next six, eight, or even 10 months. Uh, yeah. Like- so I think that that's a limitation for DeSantis. Me too. And even like on, on the, the, the Florida debate, when it, when DeSantis was asked, look, are you, you know, tell the Florida people like um, you're going to um, uh, stay, Serve you know, you're going to be governor. Yeah. 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 And he wouldn't answer. He looked yep. like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> he did. He, he seemed but, to malfunction and freeze up. Yeah. No, we'll see. He, that, that's a complication for DeSantis. How does he talk, smoothly transition he, into that? Yeah. And, and you know, David, um, the last time we spoke, um, I said, you know, uh, how amazing I think you are. And and I, I really you have really turned me on to politics. Like I wouldn't be listening to all of these other um, debates if it wasn't for you, like live streaming. And I, I really appreciate that. Because well, I appreciate all, that very much. That's why we're doing it, hopefully to get people yeah. engaged. Yeah. And like we all have to be um, we we have to know what's going on. We have to be informed. Right. Um, and to make the right decisions. And, and and I know you asked me if I was subscribed to the YouTube channel. I'm subscribed to all three. I love it. <laughs> Sammy, pack- thank yeah, you yeah. so much for the call. I appreciate of, it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good day, David. All thank right, you. you. Too. There is the great oh. Sammy from New York City with some very, very positive statements. That's for sure. Remember that if you want to get on, your nickname in the waiting lobby should be your name and your town, city or town, country, even if it's something other than the United States, where you're calling from. Let's go next to Joseph from Oregon. Joseph, welcome. Hi, David. Thanks for taking my call. Um, It may be too soon to tell, uh, but I'm interested in what you think the results of the midterms could mean for Trump from a legal perspective. If if conservatives are suddenly ready to jump ship for DeSantis, do you think he could finally see a courtroom? I don't think I think the answer is Trump could see a courtroom. I don't really think the midterms are the defining factor, though, and I'll tell you why. Many of the investigations have nothing to do with the midterms in the sense that they are state level elections. And then when it comes to the federal election, Joe Biden remains the president. I'm sorry, the federal investigation. Joe Biden remains the president. Merrick Garland remains the attorney general. And Merrick Garland made it clear whether Trump is or isn't running and whatever happens in the election, it does not impact how we are going to carry out the investigation. And I believe him to a degree anyway. So I actually think that Trump may think 
the course of the midterms and his potential announcement on Tuesday will change the course of the investigations, but I don't believe that they will. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure. Great to hear from you, folks. Something about the calls this week. Very, very strong. I I have to tell you, I'm liking it. Let's go next to Steve from Illinois. Steve, welcome to the program. Steve. Steve. Hello. Sorry. You know, I'm just I'm just learning how uh, Discord works. Uh, yeah. So we've I, got a couple of issues. It sounds like you're using speakerphone. We're also hearing all of your Discord notifications. So we've got a few different things. What's on your mind today? You know what? I, I, I really just wanted to jump in and listen to this conversation and see how, you know, it, I was. Um, woke up this morning with uh, better news than I thought I would see. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, really, I'm just kind of taking in anything I um you know, can get my hands on. And, and literally, this is my first time ever using Discord. So I really apologize. No problem, Steve. Listen, let me put you back on hold so you can continue listening to the conversation. I really appreciate that. Let's go. I, I don't know if this is Austin from Louisiana or Louisiana from Austin, which which is your name and which is your location? Uh, I am. My name is Austin. I am from Louisiana, North Louisiana. Got it. Got it. What's on um, your mind? I today? just wanted to come in and say that I was very disappointed with my state. I was really hoping that uh, Gary Chambers would get a larger amount of the vote. But yeah, it's very it's very unfortunate what happened. I went and did my civic duty for the first time. I went and voted for the first time. I'm very yep. happy about it, but very not happy with the results. But I, mean, yeah. I didn't really expect anything different. And for people who may or may not know the race uh, for Senate in Louisiana, the incumbent John Kennedy Republican won with about 62 percent of the vote. Gary Chambers just under 18 percent of the vote, which is certainly a disappointment, but also not altogether shocking, I have to say. Well, it also has to do with the vote being split between the two big Democratic. Yes, the the other Democrat had like 12 percent or so, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Not so good. But voting was fine. Did you have long lines? Did you have any armed people intimidating you or anything? No, I I live in a I live in a white suburb. So it was was pretty easy for no risks there. Yeah, no, it's it's horrifying that 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 explains it. Oh, okay, so it was fine then. Uh, But such is the reality, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right. That's all. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, Why don't we go? um, Why don't we go next to Wasif from is it is it from Bangladesh? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Wasif. Oh, boy. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. There is a very strange uh, sort of digital noise. I don't know where that's coming from. Oh, actually, I'm in a you know a university dormitory, so you know you will hear some noise. I guess. I got you. Uh, is there, is there like a party really going on in the background? Not really. You know, a lot of people are actually in this dormitory. That's why you know the population is higher. Oh, I got you. That's, okay, people are studying. I'm sure it's only studying there. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so my question question is actually related to a recent U.S. foreign policy, you could say. Uh, it's also related to my country, okay. and that's why I wanted to talk with you about it. So I, the, you guys know about the Rohingya crisis, right? Yes. That, the, you know, a lot of Rohingya refugees are in my, my country, right? Yes, yes, so yes. So originally, Rohingyas are from the Rakhine state of, you know, uh, Myanmar, right? So what's happening is, uh, right now, my country is actually facing a big economical crisis. You know, Ukraine war is obviously playing a part of it. And the other reason is the establishment has some underlings who are actually very corrupt and they have, you know, done some terrible stuff with our uh, dollar reserve, basically. So we, so what, hap- what happened is that we are, you know, uh, very short on dollar re- reserve and we are, you know, our government is asking for, you know, IMF bailouts and, you know, potentially taking money from China and not, you know, both of them are not really, you know, being, you know, as good enough as they expected it to be. So we are having a crisis and, you know, the banks are not being able to uh, open new LCs. So the price of, let's say, uh, uh, raw materials for, you know, making medicine and electronics are, you know, going high. Yeah. So 
during this situation, so you know, like we are asking US for help, right? So what they're you know giving us suggestions, the what they're providing is that they're gonna give us you know some kind of support and something like that. But they really want to want us to do something. So so what they're saying is that they're Wasif, gonna upgrade I, I, our I hate age. to interrupt Wasif, but we're mm, the mm. audio's a disaster. I'm not super familiar with what you're asking me, and I'm wondering if there is a question coming. I just don't know that I'm the right person to answer it. Okay, okay. So it's good. Uh, Hello. I get it. I'll try to end it as soon as possible. I'll try to end it as soon as possible, like one or two sentences. Okay. So U.S. basically wants us to. So, so the U.S. government basically wants us to annex the Rakhine state and you know go 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 to a war against Myanmar. That's that's what I'm saying. So my question is like right at this point when you know the U.S. is basically calling out Russia for you know annexing all these four different regions in yeah. Ukraine, right? And they are doing the complete opposite and you know telling us to do the same thing that what Russia is doing right now. Do you think? Think, you know this is a really a good moral ground if this this kind of news no goes, you're you know, was if you're you're exposing and, how you know, american foreign you. policy is basically what's useful right now i don't even know if the things you told me are accurate representations of what's going on i just don't know enough about the situation but if it were true the U.S. is hypocritical on foreign policy all the time. I just can't. I don't even know if what you're telling me is the case because I've, I've just I just don't know enough about it. OK, Wasif, thank you for the call. Let's take a very quick break. I, I don't I just I'm not commenting on what he said because I don't know if it's true. Like the U.S. is demanding that Bangladesh do annexation. I just I've, I've not heard that. I don't know if that's true. Let's take a quick break. We're going to go back to the phones in a moment. Stay with us. One of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress for years, and I always recommend it to friends. You'd simply take this Helix Sleep quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleep position, whether you have back pain, and then Helix will match you up with the mattress that is personalized to your needs, and they ship it to you for free. Another reason I went with Helix is that unlike a lot of mattress companies out there, Every single Helix mattress is made in the USA by a skilled production team, which means when you buy a Helix mattress, you are supporting great jobs. I'm not the only one who loves Helix. Helix was recently awarded number one mattress by both GQ and Wired magazine. Every Helix mattress comes with a 10 or 15 year warranty. You can try it 100 nights and send it back for a full refund if you need to support the David Pakman show by getting your next mattress from Helix Sleep, and you'll get up to $350 off any mattress plus two free pillows when you go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. You've heard me talk about the accounts we've had hacked. It's a horrible experience. It can happen to anyone. Look up the stats. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it may at some point protecting yourself against scammers online can get complicated. Our sponsor, Aura, is the all in one solution that I now use to keep accounts safe. Aura scans the dark web for your personal info, emails, passwords, social security numbers, immediately alerts you if anything is found, helps you fix the problem. You also get alerts about suspicious credit inquiries. Aura automatically requests the removal of your information from search engines and data broker sites. And Aura protects all of your devices from malware with its state of the art antivirus. And Aura also helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices with very simple, easy to use parental device controls. You can try Aura free for two weeks at Aura.com slash Pacman. Your login credentials might already be floating around. It takes only a few seconds on Aura to figure that out. And think of all of the other useful things you'll discover during the two week trial. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman to have Aura scan the dark web on your behalf totally free. The link is in the podcast notes.
Let's hear from a few more people via the discord, which you can find at davidpackmancom slash discord. We are going to go uh, next to Jeremy from Suffolk in the UK. Jeremy, welcome. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, um, sorry, I just joined. You kind of caught me off guard. Um, I don't necessarily think I have a, like a question per se. I guess I just, I know the election's happening right now and it's, it's going much better than what we thought, but I still just have such frustrations with, um, the younger generation and, um, mine, my kind of stems from, um, I'm, I'm military. I'm stationed here in the UK and, uh, I'm in a unit of like 250 people mm-hmm. and in my section, I supervise 40 plus people and like, I asked around, seeing kind of garnering interest of who's going to register, who's going to mail in a ballot. Like none of them, mm. none of them had zero interest in getting out to, to vote and like making their voices heard. And the most frustrating one was uh, I have a trans person in my flight, and uh, when I asked her if she was going to vote, she kind of gave me like a shoulder shrug. And uh, I think politics are for old people. It was super frustrating just to kind of deal with that kind of mentality. Yeah, which of course is a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy, right? If chest. young people say, I'm not going to get involved because politics is for older people, they're basically ceding that politics is for the older people who choose to vote. It's it's a self-fulfilling, endless loop. Correct. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say to her was, you know, there are two political sides in our country right now, and one of those sides would attack, or not even attack you, but like really... I, I guess, yeah, attack you in the way you choose to live your life. And by you not voting, that kind of just like allows that to, to continue on. Yep. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Uh, now, is the politic aside from being apathetic, is it also a right wing group of people? You know, um, so I, I really I try to avoid that conversation mostly because there are people who are more commensurate with my rank that I can't have that conversation with. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, most of them are more right-leaning. Uh, I do think the, the younger crowd is left-leaning, but at the same time, I try not to have that, that full discussion because it's, it's not really my place to, to kind of influence how they, how they view their politics. Uh, I, can, like, I can convince them to try and go out and vote, but uh, me kind of expressing my ideas, that's like using my rank and my position to, to influence them. And um, that's like, I'm not okay with that. And it's not generally okay in the military. Understood. Understood. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. There's Jeremy calling in from the UK. Quite a situation he's uh, facing there. Let's go to uh, Chris from Atlanta. Chris, welcome to the program. Chris from Atlanta, welcome. You're on. And last chance for Chris from Atlanta. All right. Let's go to Aaron from Los Angeles. Aaron from Los Angeles, welcome to the show. Hi, David. I was wondering if you um, have been keeping up with what's been happening uh, uh, with L.A. city politics at a local level. Um, There's been quite a lot that's been going on the past month. I, I really have not. Um, so I guess the first thing that happened uh, was our... Um, the city council president had to resign following a, a leaked audio of um, a racism scandal. Oh, yes, that, I uh, did see that. Yes, yes, so there, yes. So there was that that occurred. And now it looks like in light of the elections, Rick Caruso might win over Karen Bass. And I'm not sure if you know who Rick Caruso is. I don't. I just have not been following that race. Uh, yeah. Um, so he was actually registered as a Republican for uh, years before um, – switching over to the Democrat, I think around 2020. And um, Karen Bass is the more progressive candidate, but in light of everything that's happening with the homelessness and everything else, it looks like a lot of people are going with a more, I guess, center-right candidate that's posing as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, sorry. Um, I guess it's my apologies. It was just, uh, my question was just like very niche and uh, based around that. All right. Well, I, I am. Uh, I apologize that I'm not as familiar with that race as, as maybe you are, but I appreciate you engaging with it. And it's really important that we all engage with our local races. You know, it's like it's it's very interesting and relevant to follow. Like, mm-hmm. does M- Doug Mastriano become governor of Pennsylvania? Fortunately, he doesn't. 
Um, but for most of us, the things that affect us, us day to day are local issues. Who's the mayor? Who are the city councilors? What sort of decisions are being made in our schools, et cetera? So good for you, Aaron, for following it all. Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. There is Aaron from Los Angeles. Let's go next. Why don't we go to Mike from Massachusetts? Mike, welcome. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Um, I have a couple quick questions. Uh, I know you want to get to as many people as possible, but I'll try to make them quick. Uh, so while there's obviously still some uh, races out there that still need to be called, some yes. important ones, um, clearly this was not the red wave that the right was, you know, drooling about, no. you know, to totally dominate Congress and, you know, block everything for Joe Biden. What do you think the... I mean, what do you think the Democratic like establishment is going to take away from this? Because one thing that people have pointed out is that the only Senate seat that so far they've been able to flip was Fetterman, who ran on a relatively progressive agenda. Do you think they take anything away from this to take it in 2024? Or do they just continue to keep the status quo? Because that's just what they like to do. Unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, I would say unfortunately, this was such a unique midterm. And you're right. There's races where votes are still being counted that I don't think there is one big takeaway. And the truth is, I've said for a long time, different types of Democrats make sense in different parts of the country. Would it be great to be able to run progressives in every district, every Senate race and every governor's race and win? Sure. But that just simply doesn't work that way. You know, up in Massachusetts, um, uh, the governor's race, Maura Healy, not like the uber progressive. And when you understand, well, Massachusetts has a history of more centrist Democrats and Republican governors, you have to kind of say, well, if if we if we ran like a super progressive, it might end up with another Republican governor in Massachusetts. I'm sure you understand that. And so I well, sometimes I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, I was just going to say in this particular case from Massachusetts, I mean, the Republican Party went from a very moderate like Baker and leaped all the way to, to deal. a right wing, not like Neil. So deal. Yeah, I mean, deal. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, that I don't I think it was always a foregone conclusion that Maura Healy had this one in the bag. Yes. No, it, it maybe it's saying. not the best example this particular year, but it, it is sort of an example. So I think the takeaway from Demo for Democrats really needs to be uh, different, different candidates in different races can make sense. Don't compromise on what are the most important uniting values. And I would say one thing about Fetterman, you know, I, I don't there was this confusing moment about fracking. At the end of the day, Fetterman said he's for fracking. So uh, it, he sort of backed off of as progressive a campaign as he had been running. And I know that there was some confusion during the debate about that. But he was like, no, 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 I'm for fracking. I'm for fracking. So did he really run as progressively as maybe you're characterizing? I don't know. But listen, it's a great thing that Fetterman won. That's fair. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, one more, if you'll allow me and yeah. I'll, I'll let you move on. This one's probably going to get a few eye rolls from from the listeners, but. I, I've just been really thinking about this and maybe the perspective has changed since this election didn't go as we thought it might. But I mean, do you, do you feel like as a country we're approaching a position where, you know, just based on the division that we have, the irreconcilable differences? I mean, do you think we're approaching a point where we have to have a legitimate conversation about doing do is it the is it in the everyone's best interest to keep the country together i mean is do you think we're approaching a point where we have to have a legitimate conversation about breaking the country up into two or more pieces i don't and the reason why honestly is exactly as you said two or more there's a lack of contiguity in exactly how you would do it even if we agreed we've got to do it and it makes sense which i don't believe anywhere near a plurality of people are at um I actually don't know geographically that there's any you would end up needing like six countries. And obviously that's not going to happen, you know. Fair. It's just hard to it's hard to imagine how we keep moving forward in a positive direction. Yeah. How do we live with these people? I mean, it's an alternate reality, an alternate set of moral values. It's 
no bar is too low for any candidate, no matter what, as long as they're not a Democrat. Herschel Walker being the perfect example. It's crazy. I, I share the, the desperation. I just don't think chopping the country up into two or more pieces is going to be a, a thing in the next few years. I know. And I don't know if that would be the best move because that would remove a serious roadblock for countries like China and, yeah. and Russia. Absolutely. You know, it, Never mind is, the chaos it would wreak domestically. Fair, fair. Yeah. It's just it is hard to imagine how we keep moving forward with such drastic differences between I'm the with two you. parties. I'm with you. All right. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Mike from Massachusetts. Great to hear from you. Let's go. Um, let's go back to Chris from Atlanta, who says uh, he has fixed his audio. Chris, welcome. <laughs> Hey, thanks, David. Can you hear me this time? Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, yeah, I was just sitting here, you know, watching election results and everything and um, was kind of thinking about the Stacey Abrams race and I uh, wanted to get your take on it as far as, you know, maybe where you think uh, her campaign failed, if you're that familiar with it, and, and if you could maybe compare and contrast, say, her campaign to similar one like Beto O'Rourke, um, you know, kind of similar matches there going up against incumbent Republicans and yeah, kind of I mean, where, listen, they, where they failed and where they did well. I don't know that Abrams failed per se. I think there were a, a bunch of different things going on. One is that Georgia really is a red state, particularly internally, even though, you know, sure. Biden won the presidency. Georgia really is a red state when it comes to their internal politics. It's difficult to knock off an incumbent governor. Kemp, to some degree, resisted Trump's urges to overturn the election in 20. So not only did you have I mean, listen, none of the Trump people were going to vote for Stacey Abrams. And then in addition, you have Republicans who may not have been big on Trump, who probably saw Kemp as like, hey, you know what? He's one of the good Republicans. Trump asked him for 11,000 votes and he didn't do it. Uh, so so that helped him a little bit. And I th- I think it was mostly that. I mean, I, I think Stacey Abrams is a great candidate. Now, you could say, well, Stacey Abrams is black. Was there racism? Was race a factor? She lost by a lot, you know. So, of course, you, you right. can't ever eliminate that as a factor. But I think it's more sort of like the status quo of Georgia internal politics. Right. I mean, race and gender aside, I mean, that's a, a big, a big hump to over overcome in the first place. But from from my perspective, you know, in Georgia and, you know, watching the media and everything like that is is from my perspective, she didn't f- quite fight hard enough and wasn't wasn't vocal and out there in the news cycle enough. You know, I feel like they she kind of almost fell into the trap of the GOP where they said, all right, well, we're just we're going to bring Herschel and let Herschel dominate. Our voters are going to vote for us you know, down ballot are for the most part anyway. I, I mean, and, that and happened, kind of but I dominate. don't know how much it was an overt strategy. Of the GOP, yeah. you mean? Right, maybe not an out-and-out strategy like altogether for all their races, but, you know, I think they definitely, you know, Stacey and her campaign had opportunity to 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 be more visible and they just weren't you know visibility also depends thing. on the media's willingness to cover you you know and you're right that the walker warnock got a lot more oxygen and we did what we could we would regularly cover the race cover her debate cover the disaster of brian kemp but part of that is also right. the media but similar to Beto, I mean, you make your own news. You, you know? do to some You're degree. Out there. You, do you, to have some to, degree. you have to get out there. And I Listen, think I think she's great. I think she's great. There. And sadly, yeah, she I do too. didn't yeah. prevail. Yep. Same. All right, my friend, Chris from Atlanta. Great to hear from you. Great to hear from everybody who I was able to speak to today. We're going to take a quick break. And I promise you, we are going to take calls again. One of our sponsors today is Blue Chew, a unique online service delivering the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And they're giving my audience an entire month's supply for free. So if you think you could benefit from an extra boost of confidence All you have to do is take a short quiz on their website. A licensed doctor approves your prescription. The medication comes straight to your home within days in a discreet package. No driving around to the doctor's office or the pharmacy. No waiting around. No awkward conversations with your doctor. 
All of Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. The entire process is just a few clicks. Go to bluechew.com. The link is in the podcast notes, and they'll give you an entire month's supply for free when you use promo code PACMAN. That's P-A-K-M-A-N. All you do is pay $5 for shipping. All right, let's get to the mailbag for the week. Info at davidpackman.com. I don't know if it's because it's election week or what happened this week, but some really just like extra wacky stuff came in. And of course, you all know I love to address substantive critiques. Let's start with a message from Silky about why I'm a coward (laughs) and a hypocrite. Okay. Silky says, hello, Pac-Man fever, da, da, da. I don't know. I saw your recent video where you watched the Fetterman Oz debate, and you really showed your hypocrisy when you admonished people in your chat for saying things you didn't like about Fetterman because you hate your audience. (laughs) Um, That didn't happen. What I said was the people overtly making fun of the fact that he had a stroke that was in poor taste. And I stand by that person goes on to say, uh, mainly questioning his mental faculties, which is a valid concern. Okay. That's not what they were doing. What's interesting though, writes Silky is you're constantly saying similar things about Trump, Lake, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and other conservatives, even Tulsi Gabbard questioning their mental state and health. That is not true. That is not true. This is a person who has not actually listened to what I've said when it comes to Trump. We have had longtime concerns about the glitching and the twitching and the, you know, getting confused about what's coming out of his mouth, saying we need to look into the oranges of the investigation. And he looks confused and he can't get the word he wants. We've, you know, Rudy Giuliani sitting in front of him and he starts looking around. Where is Rudy? Where's Rudy's three feet away? That's Trump. Okay, Lake and Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's a disconnection from reality and a sort of radicalized ignorance. So it's it's different. I've never thought that Lake and Marjorie Taylor Greene were having cognitive issues. I think they're nuts. I think they're dangerous. But in any case, this is, as usual, someone who is reacting to things I haven't said. And Tulsi, I've never talked about Tulsi in this context. And the, lastly, Silky says, and in vain with that, I think you mean in that vein, Why don't you invite some of these people onto your show? You do have a large enough platform. If they truly are as mentally unstable as you constantly claim, you should have no issue debunking their arguments or making them out to be fools. But you won't because you're a coward. We've invited all of these people. They refuse to come on. I had Ben Shapiro on some years ago. It was fine. It didn't go great for him, but it was it was fine. It wasn't hugely embarrassing. He's refused to come back on ever since. So they are invited. And people say, David, you criticize Jordan Peterson. Why not have him on? I've had him on and we've invited him multiple times. He refuses to come on. Okay, so come on, guys. Try try to try to just be a little bit more reasonable in these emails. Uh, Patrick wrote in who also writes in as Donna. All the I guess it's Donna writing in as someone named Patrick. I don't know. And uh, Donna says, Dave, you can spin it any way you want. I live in upstate New York and oil and electric prices have tripled and winter is not even here. Groceries through the roof. If we don't become energy independent again, it will it will get worse. Economically, everyone knows that energy is the heart of our survival. So spin it over and over again. I still listen to you once in a while. Yeah, this is this is someone who just doesn't know what's happening. First of all, if you said to someone What does it mean to be energy independent? What do you think they would say? I think a lot of people, if you said energy independence, they would say we domestically produce all of the energy we use. Now, when Trump has been talking about energy independence, he's not even talking about that. Trump's talking about the import export numbers specifically for oil. That's what Trump is talking about. And in the last couple of years of Trump, as well as in the first year of Biden, The U.S. roughly exported as much oil as we imported. That's what they mean by energy independence. So two things. One, it's not really energy independence. It's talking about the trade balance on oil. And two, it hasn't really changed 
since Joe Biden replaced Donald Trump. Do you think Donna has any idea about that? I think the answer is no. Do you think Donna's mind would be changed if I presented her with this information or him if it's Patrick? I don't know. I think the answer is clearly no. Mimi wrote in about a free membership and says, hello, Mr. Pacman. Good evening. I would love to have a free membership, but can't afford it. I'm on a fixed income. I want you to know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the good work. OK, I've said this a hundred times before. Mimi, we love you here. Let me once get on the record how to get free memberships. OK, you can't email me about it. You go to davidpackmancom slash free membership. There's three fields to put in. First name, last name, email. You put your name on the list in order. We will give out the free memberships. You'll be notified by email. Do not email about the free memberships. Go to davidpackmancom slash free membership. They're available. Timothy wrote in about phone banking. This is a really important email. Yo, David, you say phone banking is important, and I agree. The problem is these Democratic committees want you to do it on their time and on their terms. I've reached out to many different Democratic committees saying, can you give me a list of Pennsylvania Democrats or Bucks County Democrats? And I'll call them to get out the vote. The reply is always we don't do it that way anymore, but we do it this way. They go on to explain they meet up on Zoom on a Saturday or Sunday. Everyone does it together. I don't like this. Give me a list of people and I'll call them. If I get done the list, I'll come back for another list. I feel like these Democratic committees are getting in their own way. Yeah, listen, I am guessing that when it comes to phone stuff and giving people information about people's phone numbers or different things, there's probably some privacy regulations that need to be adhered to. But I agree with you. It can be way too complicated to help. I've heard from a ton of people who say I wanted to phone bank. They told me first, I've got to attain, attend two different training sessions via Zoom at really inconvenient times to, to only get on the list. And then I needed to sign up for a shift. I get it. Everybody has processes. You got to have a process. You got to vet people, all of it. But you're dissuading people from doing it. There are people who would love to phone bank, but they can't do two training sessions during work hours to only get to the point where then they can pick a shift. So I, I do think something needs to happen. I don't know what it is, but I've heard that from a lot of people. Dan wrote in about Jordan Peterson and Jordan says, why is it that nobody has pointed out to Jordan Peterson and others like him that the justification they use for religion, gender roles, etc., are the same as those for the authoritarian governments. He's literally saying society doesn't function properly when people don't fit into their prescribed role, all while lambasting socialism and communism for their supposed lack of freedoms. Not sure I'm making my point well, <clears throat> but it's really kind of comical if you follow what I'm getting at. I do. A lot of these folks like Jordan Peterson say communism and socialism are bad because they dictate how people should behave, what type of job they should have, all of these different norms. They take away freedom, which capitalism leaves for people. But on the other hand, they are extraordinarily authoritarian in how they believe society should be prescribing, whether it's gender roles or behavior or whatever the case may be. That's absolutely true. If you presented this to them, they would say. Society is just a reflection of what the people want, whereas a communist or socialist government is an authoritarian imposition. And I do think that that's valid. The problem is you can get around that by saying we're not communists and socialists. We just want to elect people who will actually do the things we want them to do. And then it is much more equivalent to saying, well, society or media or whatever. So good luck explaining that to them. Uh, but it's a it's a very good point. Shana wrote in about YouTube and says, hey, David, I've had a paid membership to your show for several years, but just realized I'm not actually subscribed to your YouTube channel. I am now just thought I'd mention it and encourage other people to check. Love the show. Thanks for your excellent work. Yes, there are two things going on. One phantom unsubscribes. There are people who genuinely were at some point subscribed to YouTube and they report I'm no longer subscribed. I'm not claiming YouTube is unsubscribing people could be a glitch, could be anything. Double check. And number two, there's tons of people who see our clips on their home uh, page on YouTube, so they don't even think I need to do anything else. 
hit the subscribe button. It won't really change anything. You're already seeing our clips, but it is a really big deal for those subscriber numbers to continue growing. It signals to YouTube to keep recommending our clips to more people. So appreciate that very much, Shayna. Neil wrote in about something a couple people called to my attention and said, so on your discord, it was brought to my attention that your Google profile info comes up as conspiracy theorist, which I find hilarious considering the time you've spent dedicated to combating many conspiracy theories that are harmful and unsupported. One thing to note is Google pulls this from your wiki page, which seems to be corrected. But for me and everyone on the discord who checked, it seemed to be pulling some old info. Yeah, I, I saw this. Here's what's going on. There is a fight happening on both my personal Wikipedia page and the show Wikipedia page, essentially with vandals. It's called vandalism on Wikipedia, where they just come through. And because anybody can edit, they'll put in anti-Semitic stuff about me or conspiracy theorists or whatever the case may be. It's mostly caught automatically and fixed. Um, but every once in a while, like when it heats up, the pages get locked so no one can edit. Imagine having such a sad life that you go around vandalizing Wikipedia pages. It's, it's just, it's really pathetic. Mary wrote in about Mike pillow pillows and says, Hey David, watched your show about using Mike pillows pillows. They are awesome. I've had mine for three years. Works wonders for my neck. However, he's a complete idiot and I will never buy his pillows again. Yeah. People have written in. Most to be perfectly honest, most of the people who write in say the pillows are not good, but a couple people like Mary have written in and said, no, the, the guy's bonkers, but he does have a good pillow. As I said during our interview, I'm glad to try my pillow pillows. He said he was sending them to me for me to review them and that his assistant would reach out. Nobody ever reached out. I didn't get the pillows, so make of it what you will, but I'm still still waiting, still glad to try them. Not so concerned that I'm going to go buy one myself, but if he sends one, I will try it. Get your emails in info at davidpackman.com. We are now into the post 2022 midterm phase, and it's going to get very, very nuts. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. You can sign up at joinpackman.com. And next week we are uh, we're hitting the ground running. That's for sure.